0: Hi, this is Sean Benson from Harvest Church in Warrensburg, Missouri. I want to thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. For more resources, log on to harvestwarrensburg.com. Under normal circumstances, it's become my it's become a my tradition, you know, to kind of start out every year with a vision message, you know, and I and I like to do that on the very first Sunday of the year. I just feel like that's that's appropriate. You know, there's only five people here and everybody's asleep. So it seems the right time to roll out such a powerful thing. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But this year, it was a little different, wasn't it? We, we started off on a different foot, we were in the middle of our series, our Christmas series you know, sharing the reason for the season, you know, and we took several weeks to, to kind of excavate the truths. Uh, frankly, could, we could take several more, couldn't we, John Mark? You know, we could take several more, uh, but, but hopefully we've at least whetted your appetite. But here's the thing, it, while this was a different year, uh, while the, the years started out, you know, different than my, my historic precedent, different than my tradition, I really believe that it was the strategy of God to do so. See, I I really believe that it was his strategy to start 2022 with the lost in our cross arrows. You know, so rather than me you know trying to paint a picture of vision and and often we, we retreat at the end of the year I say we the staff and elders and you know we'll retreat we try to do it a couple of times a year if possible but always at the end of the year god what are you what are you saying what are you doing where are we going and you know and and I want to share that with you and, and we're going to share that a, a little bit this morning but I but I really believe it was divine of God to start out 2022 with us with the lost and our cross arrows and I want to submit to you if we're looking for Vision, if we're looking for, well, what's your vision, God, for 2022? I want to submit to you that this is it. I want to submit to you that God's vision for this year is the loss. God's vision for this year is that we get awakened to boldness and, as we talked about last year, awakened to what I would call normal Christianity. How many of you know it is not normal for us to be reserved and to pull back in our faith? It's not normal for us, as Pastor John Mark pointed out, to preach the gospel at all times and only when necessary to use words. It's actually contrary to Scripture, at least in the sense in which many have interpreted it. You know, Are you supposed to live your lives in such a way as people will ask you about Jesus? You better believe it. If you look like the world, there's a problem. right? But it also says, how will they know unless someone is sent, and how, and, and how will they know unless somebody actually opens their mouth? I, didn't, I butchered that paraphrase, but you get it. <laughs> you actually have to open up... Your mouth, that's the point. How will they know unless you tell them? Right? That's normal Christianity. That's actually what we read in the Bible, and I would submit to you further, and we talked about this a little bit last week, that Jesus is worthy of that. You know, Jesus is, is worthy of us laying down our own lives, to dying to self in the sense in which probably for everybody in this room, we have to step out of our comfort zone to engage our sphere in this way. So dying to self in that respect, Jesus is worthy of us getting outside of our comfort zones to share of the good news of what he's done for everybody in this room. There's not a single person in here who wouldn't be where you are today without Jesus Christ and what he did for you. I know the track I was on. John Mark knew the track I was on. We actually went to high school together. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Let's just say my trajectory wasn't exactly heavenly, you know. You might remember, most of you have been with us for a while, you'll, you'll know at least parts of the story. A number of years ago, I was sitting here in a Tuesday morning prayer meeting, which by the way, uh, 8 to noon every Tuesday, uh, we, we are here. It's, it's not an outward prayer meeting where everybody's like joining together and agreeing, but it is you know, inward, introspective. You know, we try to create a space, just the atmosphere, of the presence of God, you know, for you to engage with Him. And we've got worship and things going on. And so if you have the ability to do that, we encourage you to do that. And in one of those prayer times, I was, I was wrestling with the Lord. And uh, maybe if you're with us and you're a little bit new, you don't know that prior to this, which, by the way, is getting a lot further in the rearview mirror, this is our 12th year at Harvest. It's <laughs> starting to get a long time ago now. You know, but a long time ago, I used to actually be the director of Hillcrest Transitional Housing. I was a director for Kansas, and that's really a fancy word for saying I ran the mission there that really helped with engaging with homeless and getting them back on their feet, right? So I did that for a couple of years prior to accepting this, this role here, and, and how many of you know, it's a good thing to, to focus on the poor, right? It's a good thing to, to go after the homeless, for, you know, and in, in fact, the Bible tells us to, right, in the New Testament, this, this, this one thing we ask of you that you don't forget of the poor, that's what they put on the New Testament church, and You know, I understand that. I think everybody here understands that. And and yet, I can say, after having worked closely in that world for a couple of years, it wasn't something that was particularly fueling for me. You know, I, I, how many of you know, like, like, some people just, they're, like, fired up to go after the lowliest of the low. It's like, yeah, that's your calling. Like, that's a gift from God to do that. You know, like, like I, 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 we go after prostitutes. We go after drug dealers. We go after the poor. We go after the impoverished. But you know what? Sometimes, and this is, the, there's a lack of understanding for this in our culture. Sometimes people are called to go to the rich. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> Sometimes people have a, a different emphasis. There's something else that burns in their heart. Maybe it's businessman, but probably there's something on the inside uh, for a lot of people. There's something very specific. Like this, I, like, some of you, you, you burn in your heart uh, for, for women and seeing women built up and, and, and restored before the Lord. Like there's something, it's a God-given thing. But how, how many of you know it's like you could minister to men, but where you come alive is in ministry to women, right? Like we, this, you understand what I'm saying? Like this makes sense, hope. <laughs> And, and for me, the, the homeless and poor was, was not exactly what made me come alive. It, it just wasn't. It was a great ministry. I see it in the New Testament, And I was re- in the New Testament, and I was wrestling with the Lord as a New Testament church and saying man, I know, I know that we're supposed to do these things and, and, and I know that I need to put together some kind of a program. You know, what would you have me do? And I'm, I'm just praying and just processing with the Lord. And, you know, I, 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 don't have to, I, mean, I don't have to love it, but if God says to do it, I do it, right? Because like, that's the other side of it. I'm just an obedient son, so I don't even have to, it doesn't have to, you know, make me come alive. If he said to do it, I, just do, I do it anyways. Because like, there's a place in this gospel, in this kingdom for you die to self <laughs> because he knows better than you know. And so I, I was in that dialogue before the Lord, and, and, and in the midst of that, He says, Why do you think you have to do that? And I literally, and, meeting, and I don't always hear God like this, and I, I just kind of felt to say that to you because I know sometimes people could get discouraged. They're like, boy, I wish I heard God so clearly. I do too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, even as a pastor, you know, I've been doing this for a very long time now. And I say doing this, I mean Jesus. For a long time now, there are seasons when I'm like, Hello, is anyone there? Are you saying anything? He's always speaking, but I'm not always hearing right. You know, and, but the, there are those seasons where he's speaking, he's speaking quite clearly, and this was one of those, you know, he says, why do you think you have to do that? And I said, you mean I don't? <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now, I mean, I'm talking to God, right? Is this, it's you, right? Is it, it's not somebody else feeding something to me here. You know, and and God began to excavate the truths to really reiterate to me what I already knew the Bible said. You know, we have Corinthians and Romans where Paul the Apostle Paul speaks to the fact that we're all a body, right? Is everybody an elbow? Is everybody an arm? Is everybody a neck? You know, right? Is everybody an eyeball? Is everybody a toe? No, we're all different. And when you look at the macrocosm of that, you recognize Wow, like if you believe in calling, it, it, it seems consistent that God would, would plant a church and that a church would have a calling. Like, like, there's a reason why harvest exists in this community. God had something on his heart when he planted this church now 50 years ago. 50 years, by the way. You know, there was something that was on his heart, there was a purpose. Now, if we all did exactly the same thing, I mean, that's okay, I guess. Uh, But what his word said is that we actually all have a different emphasis. We all have different strengths and gifts. And and, and the Lord began to to remind me of this. And and he, he pointed to Shiloh Missionary Baptist, to be quite specific. And he said, those guys are great at going after the poor and the homeless. He said, why not just simply support them? Why do you think that you have to reinvent the wheel? I was like, freedom, freedom, freedom. I, guess I, thought, I, just, I thought I had to, right? I, was like, I thought that's what the church was supposed to do. He's like, no, just support them really well. Yeah, send, send people who have a heart for that. Send them to support them. Why reinvent the wheel? Well, this brought up that question then in my heart when I'm in this dialogue. Well, you know, if, if we don't have to do that, if we don't all have to look the same and we're not called by you to be exactly the same in terms of our mission, then what's harvest called to? He immediately responded, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't really particularly care for what he said. He immediately responded and said evangelism. This has been many years ago now. Now, one of the ways you can learn to discern the voice of God is... (laughs) When something is said and you're like, there is absolutely no way that I could have come up with that on my own, because I can tell you right now, I wouldn't say evangelism was going to be our thing, like, right? I'm not an evangelist. You know, and, and then we can also vet it against, of course you vet it against the word of God ultimately, but we vet it against this reality of, would the devil tell me to go after evangelism? But we understand at the heart of evangelism is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> okay, okay, so it's safe to say, like, I'm not any evangelist. You know, that makes me scared a little bit, actually. You know, so it's pretty safe to say I'm not going to, you know, bring that up. That's not coming out of my mind. I know the devil doesn't want me to do it. That pretty much just leaves one other guy. And that's God. And I was like, Lord, I don't even know what to do with that. Evangelism. Fast forward a few years, I'm having a conversation with James Gall. James Gall is a prophet, uh, happens to also be uh, one of the two founders uh, of this church, again, 50 years ago. That makes you old, James. I'm sorry. It is what it is. You know? <laughs> and, and James tells me, he says, Sean, I want you to know, he said, there's a reason why your church was named Harvest. It was prophetic. And you're named Harvest because you're to be a people about the harvest. And so I believe it's strategic strategic of God to have us in a series on stirring up this, not just sentiment, but this command of Scripture, go ye, go into all of the earth, go into every sphere of influence that you've been given by God, cherry-picked by Him and placed into. Go into your sphere of influence and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ even to their dogs. It says to all of creation or every creature. Sorry, it seemed funnier in my mind at the time. <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now, but it needs to settle down. It needs to settle down. <laughs> and so this is something we're going to talk about. A lot this year, I think. And I I invite Holy Spirit even to remind me, because I inevitably will get distracted by many different other series and different things going on, right? But we just say it now. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Keep this in front of us today. Keep that in front of us this year. Keep it so in front of us that it shifts our normal. Yeah? Anybody anybody else welcome that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep it so in front of us that it shifts our normal. And this becomes our normal, such that when we engage with the lost in our sphere, or even the saved in our sphere, we don't have butterflies. It's just normal. I got this big screen TV. It's amazing. you got to see it. I've got this Jesus, and he's amazing. you got to see it. It's normal, right? As I started to process again as i do at the end end or beginning of, of every year usually the end as i began to process and really i, I do have a, a value for hearing god for the new year i know you have people who are like well you know god doesn't operate by the american calendar the greek calendar you know yeah he does yeah he does why because you do okay so that's your season so you know does he operate by hebrew stuff yeah okay probably okay uh, but that doesn't exclude the fact that he's also working within your seasons and your time frames, right? Yeah. And, and, so, and the Lord often gives me a word, and, I, and I'm often surprised at the word that he gives because they seem so subtle, and yet then I start hearing the body of Christ wide, the things that I was hearing from him are actually things he's been speaking to many people for that year. You know, How many of you know sometimes when God speaks to you, it's so subtle? Sometimes it's a still, small voice. Easily dismissed, and yet that still small voice can release something to you that's so profound. That's why it's so important that we learn to discern, to slow down, to listen, to have ears to hear. And, and I, have a, I have a value for that, but honestly, when I began to engage with God for 2022, I, I, I found myself distracted, and more than that, honestly, I found myself tired, exhausted. I found myself going, I can't, I can't think, and I can't look to 2022 because 21 was crap. Anybody feel like that? <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I'm like, at that moment anyways, I, I'm having this dialogue with the Lord and I'm like, 21 was a bust, man. Like it, was, like it was miserable, one of the hardest years of my ministry life, for real. I'm not exaggerating for the sake of a point, it's for real. And I kind of felt the Lord begin to deal with me a little bit in the sense in which it's like, hey, if you're going to be looking forward to 2021, you've got to deal with the junk in your heart for 20, did I say 21? If you're going to look forward to 22, you've got to deal with the junk in your heart on 21 or you're not going to be able to hear anything. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, well, that, makes, that makes sense. And I, and I felt like the Lord said a couple of things. I don't know if I've written it down officially here or not, but let me just look for a second because I kind of want to get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. He said, he said that that 2021 was a year where dream. Let's see here. He said a year where dreams were made to come true. He said 2021 was a year where dreams were made to come true. I was like, that doesn't feel so dreamy to me. And I and I suspect for many of you, and some of you are still don't. Maybe you guys still dealing with it, you know. But so for some of you, you identify with that. You're like, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem so dreamy to me. You know, how many of you, have sometimes God sees things differently than we do? Yes. You know? <laughs> sometimes God sees things with a different set of lenses than what you and I see them. And it's easy for us to get distracted from the reality of what's going on in front of us. And, and, and ultimately, in that distraction, kind of come under a lie in our perceptions for what we're seeing. Sometimes God sees things differently than, than we do now I say that but I, I want to submit this to you oftentimes people will lean back into this doctrine that says uh, well God's ways are not my ways now that's a scripture okay I get that but, but it's an Old Testament one it's an Old Testament mindset it's an Old Testament paradigm an Old Testament, Old Testament reference how many of you know you don't live in the Old Testament well, God's ways aren't my ways and his thoughts aren't my thoughts. They're higher than my thoughts. It's like, yes, that's that's absolutely true. You as a broken human being can't can even can, like you can't even conceive of being on the same plane as God in his 30,000-foot view, right? Okay. Yeah, we, we we get that on some level. But as an Old Testament paradigm, we often we often use it inadvertently as a scapegoat for us not coming to a higher level. And how many of you know the cross empowers us to come up to a higher level. The New Testament actually, in contrast to that Old Testament paradigm, it, the Old Testament tells us that we now, in this present time, everybody in this room, that you have the mind of Christ. Amen. You have the mind of Christ. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, but you have the mind of Christ. Listen to how this is broken down in Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. says, for who among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of man? By the way, nobody knows your thoughts except for you and God. You should know that. Because the devil can't read your brain. He can't read what's going on on the inside of you. Only Holy Spirit can do that. That should bring you great comfort because he's not as good as he th- says he is. As, his job, I mean. Of course, he's not good. He's garbage, but he's not as good at his job as he says he is. You have, For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Okay, so nobody knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. But what did you receive at the very moment of salvation? The Holy Spirit. Everybody who has said yes to Jesus Christ and has laid down their life received Holy Spirit at the moment of your I do. So no one knows the mind of God except for the Holy Spirit, right? But you have the Holy Spirit. He's living on the inside of you. You have access to the mind of God. The mind of God lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit of God, the only one who knows what God's thinking, lives on the inside of you, forever fellowshipping with you, forever working with you, relating with you, right? You have access to Him from the moment of salvation, Now listen, verse 16 says, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him? Now understand, this is a reference to Isaiah chapter 40 in the Old Testament and he's posing it now in this verse as a contrast to what he's now getting ready to say and here's what he says, but we have the mind of Christ. Who can know the thoughts of God but you? but you now have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You now have the mind of God. You are being called by God to a higher level, and there are opportunities that we have where where we recognize, okay, you're thinking differently. Your perspective is different than mine, God, and, and there's some things that I don't understand. There's some things that I don't see, right? But he's calling you into a place not to use this Old Testament paradigm as a scapegoat for you just to lay there like, well, okay, I guess I'm never gonna understand but no rather to by the empowerment of the cross come to a higher level of thinking because your thoughts christians should be his thoughts your ways they should be his ways it's not a scapegoat, a scapegoat, it's an Old Testament paradigm. He's calling you higher. He's calling you to begin to think like he thinks. He's calling you to begin to relate with him, to understand his ways, and to begin to see as he sees, sometimes from that 30,000 foot view. How many of you know that when, like when God speaks into your context, when you've had lack of understanding or lack of insight, like it changes everything. It brings peace and restores joy, even if there's not a 100% understanding with it. It's like, it's just, it just, it, like the way that he thinks, it, just, it brings transformation to our insides. For those of you who are discouraged this morning as you start off 2022, I believe the Lord would call you to begin to see 21, how he saw it. I believe he would encourage you <laughs> to look back with a brand new set of lenses just in the same way that he called me to look back. He said 2021, folks, was the year where dreams were formed. And he went on to say this, he said 2021 was a diamond forming year. It was a diamond forming year and how many of you know diamonds form under pressure you know, it, it was a diamond for me. God was suggesting to me that this last year was an opportunity for us to partner with Him to survive, <laughs> to come out the other side, but with the necessary ingredients that we would need to be successful in our future, to be successful in realizing the dream that has long been on so many of our hearts. What's the dream that's on your heart? 2021 was about bringing forth the necessary equipment in you for you to be able to fulfill the dream. And I believe that there are promotions available right now. I, I, some of you are like, I don't know that I, <laughs> I don't know that I did so well, you know, and, and I just, and I felt that a little bit. I was like, oh God, if last year was like, <laughs> if last year was this grand test that was supposed to deposit something in me for my future, I don't know that I got it, but I don't want to do it again. how many could, you know, and I just felt the Lord's encouragement to go, are you alive? <laughs> are you alive? You got it. You know, like, but I didn't do so good with this scenario and with that, and my thinking was probably a little off. Are you alive? Then you got it. <laughs> Like, and, and I think that God would challenge us in here today. I think He would challenge us as we begin the year. The year to begin to actually put out our faith, this, to to change our expectations. To say, you know what? There is a promotion. I did survive that year. I still love Jesus. I still love my family. I'm I'm still pressing in. I still have a hope and I still have a future. I survived some of that stuff that wasn't so great, right? It, it, and there's a promotion and <laughs> there's a promotion laid up for me. Set out your faith. Begin to create expectation over your own heart. Listen, you survived. And let's just add a couple of years to it because the previous wasn't so whoopee either. <laughs> You survived the last couple of years, folks. And there's a promotion waiting for you. The God who is generous beyond your imagination wants to promote you. He wants to call you higher, but he needs you to shift your thinking. He needs you to begin to think of the last season in the same way that he was thinking of it. Now, he's not the one. Listen, I don't believe even for a second that God is the author of all of the negativity that we've experienced the last couple of years. Not even for a second. Wait, you mean God did all that stuff in the last couple of years so that I can somehow pass the test and get a promotion? I'll pass, thanks. No, we don't believe here that that's how God operates. But boy, He is the master. He is the master at using every scenario in your life and in mine to move and to equip and to sharpen and to promote such that the end is better for you and better for the kingdom. So was all that misery, God? No, no. But there's joy in the morning, and that's God. Why have we as a world, worldwide, I was going to say as Americans, you know, I'm I'm kind of tied to this side of the planet, so think in terms of that these days. Why has the world come under such fire? Why has the church come under such fire and scrutiny over the last couple of years? If it was just us, it'd be one thing. It's like crazy across the planet. Churches, pastors are hurting, ministry leaders hurting people, individuals, congregants leaving out, flaking out. Why has there been such an assault from the enemy, not against one or two or a few, but across the entire planet of believing people? I would say to you, the only reason he would Release such an onslaught, such an assault is because he caught wind of something amazing in your future. And when I say your future, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the bride of Christ. I'm talking about the church of God. I think that there's something coming. The enemy caught whiff of it, and he's trying to knock you and I out before we can get there. If he can discourage you and he can convince you that 21 was dookie... That's my son's word. He got credit. He got props for that. (laughs) You know, then you're not going to have hope for your future. And he's won. It's time for us to begin to see that 2021 was a diamond forming year. It was a year that was producing in us the necessary fruit for us to be able to succeed, more than succeed, for us to realize our dreams. And with that, I sat down with God. (laughs) And, and I said, all right, you know, I'll, I'll bite. I'll... And, and so I started thinking, and lo and behold, a few things came to mind that weren't, you know, entirely negative. And so I started writing a list. I okay, yeah, that, that did happen last year. Wow, feels like it's been eight years. I think back to January 1st of last year, and I'm like, that was eight years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. No, 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 that was this year. Whew. Like, Wow but I'm starting the list and I wrote a couple of things down and my heart began to get encouraged. And I thought, well, you know, if you're like me, I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast. So I need a little bit of a, a reminder or some kind of a help. And so I went to my calendar and I started going through the calendar month by month and, and I'm asking, Holy Spirit, would you show me? Would you remind me? And of course I've got things listed and I'm like, wow. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mix it to the list. Oh, that was really good. Wow, we went to how many states last year? I was like, I completely forgot that we traveled and ministered and did different things like to like I don't, five or six states. I was like, I would have never remembered that. There it goes on the list, you know. I had certain other dreams that got fulfilled, you know, there it goes on the list. And, and when I got done filling out this list and texting it to Misty, look at this list. I felt the shift on the inside of me. Such a shift that I can now stand before you with integrity and where before it wasn't uncommon for me to go, oof, let's just Forget about 21. And now I can kind of go, 21 was a good year. It really was. It was a good year. It's amazing what can happen in your heart when you begin to catch his perspective. It's so easy for us to get discouraged and distracted by all the negative. And So let me, by analogy, let me, let me show you this. You know, how many of us, I know I operate this way. And, and well, let me just make the assumption that you all do, because you know what happens with me has to happen with all of you you know i could I could walk into church on a Sunday with a brand new haircut, you know, and I get. Ten people who come up and go, wow, bro! Like that looks really solid. That was really good on you. Like, you know, I was feel, I feeling a little, feeling maybe a little uncomfortable. It's a new look for me. You know, I've grown it out a little longer, doing the rocking the ponytail thing. You know what I mean? I wasn't sure, if, you know, how it was going to go. And you know, I mean, you know, I didn't know if I was as handsome everywhere else to be able to pull it off. But you know, thank you guys. Ten people came up to me and said, "Man, you're looking really good." And one person comes up and is like, "Bro, what are you doing?" That looks terrible. And it's that one person who probably lacks tact, right? You know, and, and, and here's, here's what I do. I'm like, uh, what do you Misty, what do you what do you think? Is it okay? She's like, no, it looks amazing. Like that one guy said. But why is it that we allow one person's negative criticism to wipe out ten positive statements? and and it feels like we do that like across the board in every area of life I'm like man we're really doing a great job around here did you see that YouTube post from that guy who said that you were a crackpot heretic my insides are stirring I'm like I gotta call John Mark to argue for me on social media ugh (laughs) that's his gift (laughs) not mine I lose my joy (laughs) you know and it's like Man, a lifetime of good. It's like, why, why? Why does the negative seem to speak so much louder than the good? And when we think of a year like 21, even 20, when we think of the last couple of years, it's easy for us to look back and, and and to allow the negative things in those years to pile up in such a way. You know what? As some of you are having a lifetime of pain. You're looking back over your whole lifetime and you're going, oh, it's like all I can see is all of the negative stuff. All I can see are all of the dings in our relationship. All I can see are all of the negative things in my parenting. All I can see is all of this destruction. All I can see are these bad financial decisions like some of you are looking at a lifetime of this i'm here to tell you i think if you could get a hold of god's perspective you'd find out as you looked over your life and as you look back over this last couple of years there were way more good things than there were bad why would we allow the few bad to derail that perspective remember elijah elijah elisha i don't know one of those guys he's up on the hill with his servant feels like elijah don't know, don't remember. Yeah, seems like, you know, and he's standing in faith, and like you're looking at enemy enemy armies. You're like, I don't know. It's like a lot of people against me. I think some of us feel like that in our life. We feel like that over the last couple of years. But he's like, Father, would you just open his eyes? And he opens up his eyes and he says, oh, wow, there are way more who are for me than who are against me. Listen, there are, there's way more good in your history. There is way more good in 21 than what was against you. And, and I would encourage you to take the same journey that I took so that God can change your perspective. And, and, and just, this is, it, this is it, and I think this is like even your homework for this week, it's you know, we, we want to build a monument to God in 2021. And, and what we're tempted often to do instead, and I know I was, is to go, 2021, sh- 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 that never happened. Awesome. Okay, uh, let's do something different. <laughs> I, I think God would instruct you to do something different, though, with it. I don't think that he sees it the way that we see it. I know for me personally, he didn't. He, he had something completely different, and he's changed my heart on it. And I've got a promotion. <laughs> I've got a promotion coming. And you, if you can get your mind right, you've got a promotion coming. And I'm convinced 22 is going to be a good year, but here's the thing. Circumstances may still not be great. Why am I convinced that 22 is going to be a good year? Because my trust is, is in the Lord, <laughs> not the circumstances of the year. My trust is in the Lord. When times get difficult, and we're going to talk about this, I think, in the coming days, one of the things that we have to do, one is have strong core values. Do you know them? If you don't have good, strong core values, I would encourage you to look at ours. That's part of what we do in the kingdom culture uh, portion of our destiny groups. One of those is God is good. He's a father. He's for me. He loves me. Beyond what I could ever imagine, You know, sometimes when it looks out and I'm wanting to question whether that's true or not based on my circumstances, I have to go, I don't understand. I don't know why that person was mean. I don't know why that situation fell apart. I don't feel like you're telling me why. But I know this boy, you're good. And you're for me. You're not against me. And you're really big. (laughs) And you, like, my enemies, like, melt like wax in your presence. (laughs) There's more for me who are against me because you're bigger than anything that I'll ever face. And I don't need to understand. I just need to lean into my core value. And I take that one to the bank. (laughs) Allow that to moderate your affections Allow it to moderate your emotions that sometimes are like the the seas of the ocean, you know, tossing you to and fro. Allow your core value of God's goodness to anchor you in times of trouble. I don't have much time, but I want to encourage you to make Philippians 4, 6 through 9 a life verse for you. It starts out like this, chapter, verse 4. I said 6 through 9, but we're going to start in verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Why does it tell us to do it twice? Because we all needed to hear it twice. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord when everything's going well in your life. Well, it's easy to do that, isn't it? And the Bible would say something like this. Even the heathens can do that. Rejoice in the Lord even when things aren't going according to your way. Rejoice in the Lord when you're confused and you're perplexed and it feels like everybody's against you and everybody's abandoned you. Remember, I think again it was Elijah. Everyone has abandoned man. I'm the only one. Holy smokes, I felt like that a time or two. <laughs> I'm the only one. No, bro, you're not the only one. <laughs> right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Why? Because my trust is in the Lord because my trust is in the Lord. We, we pick it back up again in verse 8. I'm going to read verse 8 and 9 to you just kind of keep it short and sweet here as we close. How in the world do we rejoice in the Lord in the midst of circumstances that are pushing you to the outer limits of your, you know, your, your what am I trying to say? Your sanity. How do we do that? We choose to do it. And I think we find the answers here. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. These things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. How many of you know we don't ever have a license in the kingdom of God to dwell and roll around in our minds all the negative stuff. Amen. There's nowhere in Scripture that says, hey, take some time just working all that negative stuff through your heart. That's going to do good things for you. Like, you know what? In your own logic, and your own reason, you're going to be able to come to good conclusions if you just dwell for the next eight hours on this negative situation. It doesn't say that anywhere in there. There's no license in any part of Scripture. So how do we, how do we rejoice then? Well, this, this is the answer. How do we rejoice when all hell is breaking loose and all the stuff seems like it's coming against me? How in the world do I rejoice? I keep myself fixed... On that which is good, the good report, Because I'm telling you right now that that person who's afflicting you, those circumstances that are going awry, there's good in the middle of it. And God would have you shift your perspective off of all of the negative stuff and onto the good stuff that is there. He's asking you now to shift your perspective of the last couple of years off of all that negative stuff, off the negative politics, off all the Everything. And just shift them back onto him. No, you're good. No, you've got this. Things are going well. I have a hope and a future. This, this, this person, like you can evaluate even individuals like this. Like, oh, there's nothing good. No, there's good. I guarantee you, you're not seeing like God sees. You know, he's inviting you to come up just a little bit higher. You have the mind of Christ. It's time to put it on. It's time to step into this place and go, no. No. No, I see the good and I refuse to entertain the bad. I refuse to get my eyes fixed on all of those negative things. And when I begin to do that, when I begin to observe in the midst of my trials that there are in fact good things, it stirs up gratefulness on the inside of me. And when I can be grateful for the good that's happening, even as it's mixed with the bad, my gratefulness points me back to rejoicing. Oh, I... I, I can see your fingerprints here, God. I can see what you're doing there. You're for me. You're not against me. You've got this. And you've got me in your hand. And I'm just going to curl up. I'm going to curl up into the safety of your wing for a little bit. And I'm going to rest as you fight this business that's in front of me. And I was thinking in worship today, we sang something about God's light. Shining in the darkness. I don't remember the the exact phrase that was used. You know, sometimes God's light shining in the darkness is when you're standing in the midst of adversity and you're not coming under it such that you would fight evil for evil or return evil for evil. Sometimes light being able to shine in your darkness is you staying righteous no matter what you're facing. Just a thought. Just a thought. 21 was a good year. (laughs) It was a hard year, but it was a good year. I would encourage you this week to partner with Holy Spirit and to process through that. And don't allow the enemy to crush your dreams, because it was a year where God was fashioning in you what was necessary for those very dreams to come true, amen? All right. Oh, I should pray for you. I was going to have you come, but you can come. Yeah. Well, Father, thank you for that. Thank you for challenging and correcting our perspective. Thank you that you're always on the move. You never stop working. You're always moving. Your kingdom is always advancing. You are always for our good. Always. You don't ever slip up. There's not an oops. There's not, mm, didn't see that one coming. There's no exceptions to this rule. You're good. And you work all things for good. Everything, every bit of it. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to re-leaven our minds with your kingdom perspective. And we ask that you would engage with us over Philippians 4. Make this our life verse such that it produces in us the fruit that's consistent with it. And you say, peace. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to contact us or would like more information about our church or additional podcasts or resources, please visit us online at harvestwarrensburg.com. We hope to see you soon.